Welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by the co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. I think we got a good one here for you this week as uh, LSU's defensive coordinator search may be over. Uh, I know we kind of talked about it last week, but it, that didn't end up happening. So hopefully we're right this time. And uh, Lucy's not going to pull away the football right as the last second as LSU tries to finalize this deal. Um, we also had some uh, some commits this week, which we're uh, excited about. Uh, LSU seems to be recruiting at a high level still. Uh, nothing stopping them there. LSU basketball did not have a good week, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that as well. And uh, oh, oh my goodness, uh, LSU players in the NFL doing good in the playoffs. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that too, since uh, now the uh, Super Bowl is set in motion. Um, but before we get into all that, I wanted to check in with you guys, the co-hosts, uh, see how y'all are doing. Uh, I uh, honestly did not get a chance to watch any of these LSU basketball games. I'm kind of glad I did. So the, uh, the interest was definitely there because, you know, it was going to be a good test against Alabama, but they failed just miserably. I don't know how you could do any worse. Uh, and then I guess same with Kentucky, although it wasn't as bad. Uh, a lot of left, a lot of work there left, and Will Wade even admits as much. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, kind of rebounded by all the, the other good news with the football, including, you know, recruiting and maybe we have our D.C. hire. But uh, I don't know. I just want to see how you guys are doing before we kick it off. So, uh so, so late on me, how, how goes it? Uh, not too much going on. Um, you know, we thought it was going to be kind of a, like a really light week. And then yeah. mere hours before we start recording, we uh, they breaking news on the DC hire. So we'll get into that. It's pretty exciting. Glad to, glad we finally sealed something up, but uh, yeah, the basketball this, this week is pretty bad and uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not much good. You can take out of it. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, uh, it's kind of fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you for the DC hires. It might be fooled three times if this one doesn't come through. Uh, but hopefully, uh, as we'll get into, this one is solidified. And then, yeah, I watched both the basketball games. I looked into going to the Alabama one, and I'm glad I did not, although it would have been something to see anyway as Alabama set the SEC record for threes in a game. It was a pretty miserable experience. Uh, but other than that, doing pretty good on, on the whole and uh, excited to be talking with you all this week. Amen. So, so let's get to talking. So as of, you know, like you said, Tommy, a couple hours ago, uh, give or take, uh, LSU seems to have um, secured its next defensive coordinator, and he would be the Vikings defensive back coach, Durante Jones. And uh, a little, little side note here, he was actually a, a protege of Dave Aranda because uh, he coached under him when he was at Wisconsin. And uh, before that, he's, you know, he's been in the, the NFL for, I think, like the last five season, last five seasons, coaching defensive backs with the Vikings, uh, the Bengals. Yeah, he did one year with the Vikings, two with the Bengals, and two with the Dolphins, from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. And uh, before that, because uh, he's originally from Maryland, uh, so he, but he, he was, uh, when he worked with Randy, he was coaching defensive backs at University of Wisconsin. But before that... Um, he actually has some ties to Louisiana. He coached safeties at Nichols State, and he was the, uh, the defensive coordinator at Generette and Franklin High Schools back in the early 2000s. So he does have some roots here in Louisiana, which I imagine kind of played into you know, to their decision because you know, they're going to want to 
probably want him to recruit a little bit since he's a, a young guy, not one of these old guys that doesn't want to get out on the road. Um, but one interesting thing that I saw, uh, he, he coached, he was a defensive coordinator at a uh, Division II school, Bowie State. Um, I looked it up. It's actually pronounced Bowie State. Bowie? Um, yeah, there's some confusion, but yeah, it's like, Bowie State. Well, they, well, they need to put a U in their name because it looks like Bowie, like David Bowie. Anyway, anyway, uh, Bowie, Bowie State, whatever the case, he uh, he actually had the best division, or he, he had the best defense in, in Division Two at the time. So uh, I mean, that's something. I mean, I, you could say, oh, that's Division Two, but hey, it's all relative, right? Because guys that make it in even high school, they you know, if you're good, you're good. So uh, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I I did not see this name coming up way before now. I, I don't know if anybody did, uh, but just looking back at you know, his, his, uh, his history and, and some of his connections and just, I don't know, I guess, you know, the, the reputation that I guess you could say precedes him. Um, I don't know. I, I say, why not? I, I, I couldn't say with as much surety because again, I, you know, I don't know much too much about the guy other than, you know, what we can all read, uh, on our own, but, uh, I, I'm just kind of happy. I guess LSU has somebody. So I don't know. Let's start with you, Tommy. Um, I don't know if you knew too much about him beforehand, if you saw his name surface, you know, before the last few days, like the rest of us. But, um, I mean, I, I'm willing to give it a shot, willing to give it a go. Uh, he's a young guy. He's got some ties to Louisiana. Hopefully that helps him. But, uh, uh, I don't know, I think uh, the fact that he was, you know, uh, recommended by, by Dave Aranda, or at least vouched for, I guess you could say, he was vouched for by Dave Aranda since he coached under him. Uh, you know, that probably had some sway with Coach O, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's some, you know, like we were talking about, some some new blood, some fresh blood, not some old run-of-the-mill defensive coordinator that, you know, she was trying to recycle like we did this past year. But, you know, maybe it's good to start new with something, you know, nobody's uh, seen or heard from before and just, uh, you know, see how it goes. Uh, how, how do you feel about the hire, man? Do you think it's uh, – do you think it's LSU – like finding their guy that's available or is it just like, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't, I don't want to like set you up for like a either or, but like, um, well, I mean, I might take it. I don't know. I don't think this is LSU taking the guy they wanted or even the right. second guy they wanted or even the third guy they wanted. Right. You know, I, I think I'm excited or I wouldn't even say I'm excited. I'm glad I'm satisfied that we have somebody because now we can go ahead and get on with, you know, let's return. Let, let's work on, uh, keeping all of our talent, you know, they, the big story this past weekend is that uh, freshman phenom Eli Ricks, you know, maybe uh, putting his name in the transfer portal. Does he want to go to Ohio State? Does he want to go to uh, Southern Cal? And so, hopefully, hiring uh, Jones will provide some uh, security to that to that defense and say, Hey, we've got a guy, he's here. He's we're working on stuff. You get him into the, you get the team into the, uh, into practice. They start this week. They started uh, what they call football school, which is where they, all the players get in and they really work on the film study and and learning their position, learning their, uh, whether their offense or defense, learning that scheme and everything. You can't do that without a, without having a coach. Uh, Of course, Corey Raymond and some of the other defensive assistants could go ahead and get that started. But if you don't have a, a leader, you know, who's saying, okay, we're going to do this or we're going to do that, then it's kind of pointless. So they needed to get somebody in. It was crunch time. 
LSU's really dropped the ball, in my opinion. I think that uh, a lot of people have said that, and and it's like we all knew that Pelini was pretty much gone from. Some people <laughs> said he was gone from like day one, uh, but at least from half you know halfway through the season, you knew he was gone. On this podcast, last time we talked, uh, we all thought Nielsen was going to be the guy. And then Scott, you you had the you had that kind of inside info info or a uh, little bit on the the contract stuff. Of course, I even thought I was like, "There's no way that that con that like <laughs> that's just that's just a sideshow. It's not going to call you know he's going to be the guy. It's it's the way it is. Like he's just going to get they're going to they're going to nail it out, and then they didn't. So it's it's really been a big disappointment. And you, you kind of give Coach O the benefit of the doubt after maybe missing on one or two, but. I think at this point it's a desperation hire. It's good that we got somebody, but I'm not I'm not as excited as I would have been with Ryan Nielsen or even uh, uh, Marcus Freeman. Freeman, right? right. Uh, I kind of echo most of what you said. If you had put Durante Jones's name next to a lot of the ones that were kind of floated initially between Marcus Freeman of Cincinnati or like Derek Mason of uh, Vanderbilt or. Uh, Wisconsin's actual defensive coordinator, whose name escapes me right now. But yeah, people like those, then I think most of the Tiger faithful would kind of be like, who, who are we talking about? And then now we're, we got this guy and it seems like he's a good coach from what I can understand, but I'd never even heard of him until yesterday when the rumors were saying that, all right, we're looking to interview this guy. And like you said, Tommy, we seem to kind of got the, the, low end of the totem pole on this one and it's not necessarily a bad thing like he could go on to have some success but it's just not quite as proven as some of these other guys um so we'll have to see and then there's been some discussion as to whether like why would we hire this defensive backs guy who's a little outside our comfort zone when we have a qualified db's guy and Corey raymond who like has been faithful and has produced dbu and why couldn't we just bump him up and now there could be some conflict of interest between uh, Jones and Raymond as opposed to kind power of, struggle. Yeah. DB's fo- or minded guys, which may not have uh, been the situation with something like Ryan, Ryan Nielsen, more the D line and they can kind of complement each other or Marcus Freeman. who was a linebacker. Yeah. Right. They can complement each other instead of kind of fighting each other's schemes and like who's calling plays and setting that up. So that kind of is to be seen, I guess. Um, and plus our defensive line play, I think, well, last year was kind of everything, so you can't really pinpoint what. But the D-line play in the past like two or three years has been a little bit weak in terms of LSU standards, so I would have rather had somebody there. But I think it's okay. Now that we've got it locked in, hopefully we can take a step forward and move on to, to bigger and better things at least. We've got a warm body who will – who will he, he will call defensive plays. <laughs> it's such a high bar. He's, he, he has a pulse. He's a he person. Pulse. And the other thing is that – the process went pretty fast. Like I think they just interviewed him either yesterday or this morning. They interviewed now, him today. Yeah, and now he's already signed. So they must not have had a long list of like alternatives I here. I don't know. And don't every know. day Coach O is probably getting more and more freaked out. He's like, why do I not have a guy signed? And people are breathing down his neck. He's like, guy, like, I'll give you what you want. Please just like come to us. It's, it's, it's I mean, I, I find this extremely disappointing. And I don't even know, like, we don't even know who this guy is. What if he's just like an absolute mastermind? That'd be awesome. You know, maybe, maybe he's just been biding his time who knows but what makes me more upset is it's like if you take you take this situation and you contrast it with our friends in tuscaloosa you know uh Sar- uh steve sarkeesian's name was fo- floated around a little bit for head coaching jobs but not like he like he wasn't i don't think he was 
uh, gone to Texas or gone to wherever, you know, a destined head coach in week three, the same way Polini was. And Nick Saban already had his, his next OC hired or in his mind and, and already had it all sorted out by the, before Sark had been formally announced as te- as the Texas head coach, you know, when, when Sark's name was, was, uh, when it was the rumor, oh, like they got they got rid of Herman and Sarkeesian's the next guy, they had already said, and Alabama will hire Bill O'Brien. Yeah, it's you gotta like have a list of probably like five like solid names at least, and then maybe like 20 or so like potential candidates. And I don't even know where Durante Jones would have fit on LSU's list initially. I don't know either, but it just seems like it just seems like we should have why are we so behind the ball? I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, but I mean, there is, you know, there's, it's not just uh, LSU doing what it could, you know, the, the Marcus Freeman thing, maybe he, you know, all things being equal, then he just looked at, you know, just being in the Midwest, staying near family. And I, I don't know, it's like, there's, there's stuff that LSU can't compete with necessarily. You know, no, I understand that, but I, and I don't, I don't really think that like one instance is like, you know, it's, I, I think it's more of just the, it, it just, it, it feels bad. It feels very unprepared, very fly by the seat of your pants. It, it feels like to me that uh, it, it was like, it's almost like we're calling, like the whole world has been calling LSU's bluff and we've called them down both times, you know, for two times in a row. Like LSU's like, oh, we've got, we're holding all the cards. We've got it all sorted out. It's all ready and just get ready. We're going to hire the guy. You're going to love him. And they thought, okay, well, like we're gonna hire, we're gonna interview this one guy. We're gonna Marcus Freeman. He's gonna love it here. He's gonna say yes, and we're gonna look like just absolute heroes because we hired the hottest defensive coordinator in the country. And then he comes and he doesn't really like it. And then they're just stuck there, and they're like, well, who do we go to next? We don't have anybody. And then they say, oh, wait, wait, wait. hey, we got that guy from the Saints. Okay, like let's go, let's go get Ryan Nielsen. And then the, he becomes their own, you know, your only card. And then it doesn't work out. And then they're saying, okay, well, what's next? And they don't have anything. Right. I mean, obviously this would have played out differently if if they'd have said, we want Durante Jones and we're going after him. And like, he was the first guy presented and it was a done deal. LSU fans would have been like, who? (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, that's who they wanted and they got him. Hey, all right. All right. Trust, you know, (laughs) yeah. Trust, you know, but uh, you know, like you said, because it is the third go around, uh, it is kind of hard to accept this as, all right, well, this is obviously the best thing for us. And, you know, it's like the, their guy could become available in a week, but it doesn't matter now. Um, and the Nielsen thing, you know, that that just, I don't know, you could call that bad luck. You could call that some 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 bad voodoo magic. Uh, it just didn't work out because, you know, honestly, the, the Saints could have allowed that to happen, but they didn't. They instead rehired the guy and gave him a like a little bit of a I don't know they reworked his contract so uh, I, I think they made it worth his while because of the you know the letdown but they just for whatever reason they didn't want to let him go to LSU and I think LSU thought they had their guy then but again I don't know if that's if that's oh maybe it's it maybe it's their fault because. You know, I imagine both agents would look at their contract and go, right, how can we work around this? And some, unless they're just incompetent, some lawyer would have seen, hey, wait, you know what? There's a, there's a clause in here. There's a clause in here that says he can't go to college. Uh, ah, you know, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, exactly. How do you, how do you, because, because as we were talking about it and like, 
I, I don't really blame us. The, the entire general consensus a week ago today was, yeah, this man's getting hot. Like he's hired. Like he is the DC he's in, uh, he's, he's already in purple and gold. He's driving up here. He's going to buy a house at the U club. Like it was, it was already a done deal. And within, you know, 24 hours of that, he was, he was the saints assistant head coach. So I, I don't know. I think it's been a very incompetent, uh, hiring process. The other thing that does concern me and it, it, it's kind of one of those things where first couple times you kind of, all right, cool. Like that's fine. But this is the, this is like the fifth hire that coach O has made based on just like knowing the person or having a friend vouch for him. Yeah. That's kind of what I mentioned on last week's episode where we almost like it's an old boys club. Oh yeah. Like the, the coaching tree is very like, within the same tree. And it's, then, yeah. It's like, there's a difference between like hiring from a coaching tree, I feel like, and then just hiring like people who, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, or people who know who, who know people, you know, right. And at this point in football, you can trace pretty much anybody to anybody else if you want to, given a certain number of steps, but like, yeah, I see what you're saying about it being pretty well, tight. It's, it's different to me than like, like there are people who okay, we want to get a, we want to get a Belichick guy. That's what in the NFL that's been a thing for like years. Like Mike Va- yeah, Vrabel, and the, and the new thing is like the Andy Reid coaching tree. Like a lot Andy of people Reed, want Andy Reid's assistance or the um, what's the uh, the other the Mike Leach coaching tree? Mm-hmm. That's McVay and that's uh, 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 Kingsbury and and all of them. But I, I think that's different in that. Uh, like this one's different in that it's like the coach Oach coaching tree. He wants his own people back. <laughs> and so like, you know, you think about it, he, all, all of our offensive guys right now are just on the recommendation of Joe Brady, which we all love Joe Brady and we thank him for what he did and he's great and everything, but it's kind of like, okay, well, like who else were we going to get? Was there any other option or was it just, we were going to go after Joe Brady's people. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Last year, it was it, Polini was based on the the recommendation of of uh, of Pete Carroll, his former coach, and then Nielsen was quote like a son to Coach O. He said he was like a son to him, and now this guy is uh, is uh, Aranda's guy. So, you know, I don't, I, I just I don't know. I think it's. I, I mean, I'm, I hope he does well. I hope he's great. I'm glad we have somebody. He seems. He seems to be competent. He seems to have a good, um, uh, a good track record. We need help with DBs. Our DBs weren't as good as they usually are uh, this year. Um, I think he could do a great job. I'm excited. I'm glad just to have somebody. Mm-hmm. But I just feel right. like the entire hiring process has been a comedy of errors. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I'd say it's I don't, I don't think all the blame could fall on LSU, but definitely some of it can just because of the like you said, the way things went down, just thinking they had Freeman when nothing was set in stone and then thinking that, you know, things would just work itself out naturally with Nielsen, even though there was specific language in his contract. But I, I want to ask you guys this. And I I am with you. I I, I want to trust that uh, Durante Jones is going to at least maintain, you know, I mean, they can't get worse, too much worse than, than 2020, but you know, if you can at least maintain to like the year or two before where it's just, you know, bend but don't break, just give the offense some room to, you know, to, to win. Um, I, I'm all for that. And I, you know, LSU has had many assistants go on to bigger and better things, you know, Jimbo Fisher, Will Muschamp, 
uh, you know, these guys, you know, started LSU as coordinators and went on to head coaching jobs. Um, but I, I will say this because we talked about Scott Woodward being an asset to LSU when he came to us from Texas A&M because we thought, wow, he got he got Jimbo Fisher at A&M, you know, the $75 million man. And, you know, A&M's doing okay. They almost made the playoffs. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't really heard Scott Woodward's name mentioned much at all in this process. Do you think he's been totally hands off or do you think he's just been, you know, kind of like he's been letting Cocho do his thing? Or do you think he's like been involved with this, but just not delivering? I don't know. What do you think? I have to think he's been been involved just by the fact that I, uh, one, you know, they, they had this whole issue with the budget and we've heard LSU talking about, Oh, you know, revenues down. Yeah. They LSU, lost 80 million, 80 yeah. million this past year. Yeah. And then, and then just the fact that coach O hired, uh, uh, Pelini last year and it was reported a couple days or a couple weeks ago that without a single interview and without asking without interviewing anyone else it was just Pelini no interview just hey here's the contract sign it come on over I, I feel like Woodward could not like last year it makes sense you just won the national championship you had the greatest team ever and you had the the Heisman Trophy winner you do what you want okay if you want Pelini like mm-hmm. keep the magic going I feel like this time after the way last season went that if 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 Woodward is not involved. That's athletic director malpractice. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He's like, what, what are we paying him for? If, uh, if it's coach O is going to do what he wants to, you know, uh, it's kind of like the general manager of an NFL team. It's like, he, he's the one that calls the shots. You can get the coach's input, obviously. But, um, and a lot of times, you know, that's, it's a different skill set. Hiring somebody is a different skill set than being a coach. I, 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 obviously you want O to, to have a great relationship and really like the guy and like what he brings to the table as far as the field and, you know, on the field and recruiting and all of that. But there's a reason why, uh, you know, most of the time you have a GM and you have a, a coach. Yeah. Cause it's the difference between knowing the X's and O's and being able to motivate college age guys. And it is to see kind of the big picture strategy and pick and choose and do the, the research that you need to, to know who it is to fill those gaps and uh, to build a power program. Like you can, like have all the offensive schemes and call the plays, but uh, you need a, a different type of, of skills to do that. Like you said, honestly, I, because of last week, I am, uh, I am not going to like say it's set in stone. I'll wait till the, the ink hits the paper and we have him for sure. But uh, you know, you guys have said enough to make me feel like, all right, it seems highly probable that he's the next coach and I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, but I'm just, I guess I'm just leaving that, uh, that space there to amend later if I need to, because, you know, <laughs> anything can happen in like 24 hours time, it seems. Uh, but I mean, it's hopefully that helps them. Uh, you know, they got National Signing Day. They got some guys coming in. I'm sure they're going to want to know who he is. Uh, you know, but LSU has not has not let up there at all. Had um, a couple really good recruits sign on this week. One decommit, uh, Byron Allen Jr. decommitted from LSU. Uh, but I mean, it's like easy come easy go because, you know, they also had uh, Texas cornerback Marcus Scott commit, and they also had uh, local products and uh, a guy who is very highly touted uh, Laterrence Welch sign on to, uh, to join the Tigers. Well, you know, he com- he verbally committed to the Katiana, I believe. Uh, yeah. Katie yeah, high school yeah. in Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah. He's the number 12 cornerback in the country. And, you know, he said something interesting. 
And I, I thought, cause this can, can, maybe, maybe it'll play to what you were talking about, Tommy, with uh, this supposed rumor that Elias Ricks is going to leave LSU after one season and becoming a freshman all American. And he's just going to pack up and go somewhere else just because I don't know, maybe it has something to do with the, the coaching, the coaching turnover that LSU is going through right now. But I, I, I still have not seen anything close to like a verified source or any sort of verified, even, you know, reporter that's putting this kind of info out there. So they're all kind of skeptic on it, but um, it was something that uh Terrence Welsh said, he said, why, why go out of state and turn out when I can do that here at home? And I thought, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. Why leave when you can just turn up here at home and, uh, and play in the NFL, possibly a Super Bowl. Uh, so I don't know, I guess that's, that would be my point towards Elias Ricks is he's already here. You know, well, he already, not he's only already, is he here, his entire family's here. They moved with him. I didn't know that until I started researching it. Uh, but, um, it's like, he's, he's already here. Why, why would he pick up and go to, I don't know, Ohio state after, after one year, it's like, what, it's, what, like if they, if they had just throttled Alabama, you know, with the first score, I'd, I'd see why maybe, but. Uh, we did just, did just as well against Alabama, I think. I don't know if y'all but remember this, but there were, there were strong Elias Ricks flip to, to Ohio State, State yeah. rumors before he had even signed with LSU. Like, because he had committed to LSU over like a year in advance of National Signing Day. And then kind of the last few months, I think it was the summer of, I guess it was 20... Um, summer and early fall of tw- 2019. Oh, yeah, 2019, sorry. I get all my years mixed up these days. I feel like we're still in... 2019 but yeah so they thought that he was going to flip to Ohio State for whatever reason and then he ultimately stayed home with the Tigers which is good but yeah so that he had ties there for a while and obviously Ohio State had a lot more success than LSU did this year but uh, I think he'll ultimately stay and then like the thing with Eric Gilbert still having not chosen a school and can still withdraw his name from the transfer portal if he wants to and I don't know if you saw that Coach O like had a one-on-one conversation with Elias Ricks, saying like trying to convince him to like talk him off the ledge a little bit, saying like "Don't do it, son, uh, stay home." And I guess it's been successful for right now. Well, we just need to talk about how, and, and no one's talking about this, no one's reporting on it. The NCAA is all over uh, Tennessee for their McDonald's bags, and supposedly they're coming after Georgia, and of course they, you know, they're they're always coming after LSU for whatever. Um, but the tampering in this, in this league, especially this year right now is out of control. Okay. You cannot tell me that, uh, that Elias Ricks just decides to, uh, Oh wait, I decides I need to go to Ohio. I'm going to go to Ohio state. You know, there's someone in his ear. Same thing with, with, uh, uh, with Eric Gilbert. People have said that Kirby Smart never stopped recruiting him from the minute he signed with LSU. He's always in his ear. Same thing with Ricks, that Ohio State never stopped talking to him. And I, I, it's, I think it's just out of control. It's like, you know, you sign a deal or not a deal. Well, kind of, I mean, these days kind of do, but you sign, you sign a commitment to your school and then and, and that's and that's the commitment right and of course people, you can transfer but the issue this year is that they get that free year so like this year didn't even count elias ricks gilbert all of them the entire lsu team could transfer to different schools and start day one at wherever they wanted to go and i i just think it's ridiculous that that the ncaa is not even like looking into the fact that these schools are trying to 
are trying to, you know, be a complete free agency market. Just pick cherry pick players. It's just, it's just terrible. I think it's terrible. Right. If, uh, and if it is, if, if they're not going to do anything about it, then I want O to go out there and hand pick a few players from A&M or some other school that's taken some of ours. Right. And I, I can't imagine that the NCAA did not, you know, think about this and like foresee something like this happening. It's like, they, they, there's no way that they would have created a transfer portal and then afterwards realize, Oh wait, we didn't, we didn't think that uh, other schools would actively recruit other players if we would allow them to transfer immediately with no impunity. I, I don't know. I didn't think about that. You know, I just, there's, there's no way that that, like, well, and, and it's, it now. I, I think that the, I think that what they would say is, well, you know, the rule is that you can only play if you have, um, if you, if you can prove that you like were wronged in your current situation or something like that. You know, you're not, it's not the, the way the transfer portal normally works is it's not, you just enter the transfer portal and you can play next day. You're right. supposed to have to be approved. Now, I think the track record, I don't know, Daniel, you might remember this. Was it, isn't it like 90% of people who enter the transfer portal are ruled eligible? At least that's what it seems yeah. uh, because a lot of the big names for, and that's least, another thing, like the big names they get uh, pushed through and then the small guys, not physically small, but like not as well known, um, Maybe don't they don't. Maybe they special do. privileges. Yeah, but it, it definitely seems like it's a pretty good chunk. Like NCAA just kind of turns a blind eye in some sense. But right now, that doesn't matter at all. Everyone gets the free pass because of the COVID thing. So, I, I, you know, I, I wish they would get this under control. I wish they would start doing something about it because it's just unfair. You, these schools and the and these coaches spend so much time and resources and effort to recruit these players in. And then you're supposed to t- you're telling me that that it's that then you're supposed to recruit them to stay and and not just like recruit them hey don't go to the NFL we we need you for a senior year but recruit them from to tra- from not transferring to the opposite school I I don't know I think I think it's bad I think Ohio State I think Ohio State and Georgia should probably just be banned from playing college football for five years that's my take <laughs> um, I think it's reasonable I think give them a five year death penalty and. Uh, We'll see you in 2026. Right. Um, well, I would say looking at Eric Gilbert, the fact that he is not transferred by now, it's like most, most guys that have entered the portal transferred within, you know, I'd say days or even, a, you know, a couple of weeks, but it's, it's been a little while now and he hasn't. So, you know, like we said, maybe, maybe some of the coaches that they ha- or the coaches that they did hire from uh, the Carolina Panthers, I don't know. Maybe that stood out to him. He's like, Oh, okay. Well that's, that's the offense I signed for. Cause if you think about it, you know, who, who can blame him? If you think about it from his perspective, um, looking at LSU's offense, uh, that last this past year, not this year, but you know, 2019, uh, like who wouldn't sign on to that? <laughs> so I, but I don't know. I mean, that's, that's obviously not what the, not the product we saw this year, but if you can get some semblance of that back. And if you look at all these quarterbacks, like they did finish strong, you know, so I, I, I have to imagine that plays with it. It's of course I would welcome him back, but um, I, I think the fact that he hasn't transferred yet builds well. Um, but I don't know. Supposedly LSU was supposed to get like another. They're looking at some top-rated, like some five-star recruit that's looking to transfer. I don't know. I just saw a little, you know, a little rumor mill on the internet's, which you know can run rampant, but. <laughs> It was from a uh, somewhat credible reporter, so I, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait to mention that maybe till next week when there's some more news on it, because 
God knows you don't want to put anything out there with LSU on it right now, unless you know for sure, because uh, you'll just end up looking silly. But um, I think that was all the recruiting stuff we had, right? Daniel, yeah. you didn't uh, you didn't find oh. anything that I... No, no, that was it as far as okay. I know. Just making sure. Um, so, but we have National Signing Day coming up too. So there's, you know, there may be some uh, some announcement there, some some guys that have silently committed that are going to make it known here on the official National Signing Day. Um, but I, I guess now that we've covered all that, brings us to LSU basketball. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. And just that horrible week. You know, it started out with so much promise because the Tigers looked good. They looked strong. They had some momentum. The players were positive. They had a lot of confidence brewing. And then Alabama comes to town, and it's like the Harlem Globetrotters and whatever team they play. It just it just didn't matter. LSU was just supremely outmatched, it seemed. Uh, I mean, Alabama had the game from the jump all the way to the end. I mean, the score fluctuated, but... I think what they ended up losing by 30, I think it was up to 40 points. They were behind at one point, uh, but Alabama just could not miss, especially from behind the arc. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. You could chalk it up to just one of those games, but I, I don't know. Do you think uh, maybe LSU just had it too good up until now? And then now that, you know, they're in the meat of the SEC schedule, they're kind of getting exposed here. Cause it wasn't just the Alabama game. It was that next game against Kentucky where, uh, you know, Kentucky's kind of reeling themselves. It's not the Kentucky we've all known, you know, for years and years now, especially under John Calipari. But, uh, you know, Kentucky's kind of down this year. And they, like, they were looking for a win, and they got it against LSU uh, pretty handily, I might add. They, but I don't know, LSU, and this is based off of what Will, Will Wade said, you know, LSU's, you know, their team, it thrives off of the offense. And the offense has just not turned out the last two games so i don't know i'll yeah. start with you daniel yeah uh, bad week obviously but do you think it's uh maybe they just kind of hit some bumps in the road or is it like exposing a bigger problem i think it kind of shows that a bigger problem with lsu team in that the defense is not good that they won't play defense <laughs> yeah well you know the defense is bad for a while like on the on Kimpom, which is kind of the advanced metric site that I've mentioned a couple of times, I think before the Alabama game, LSU was ranked fifth in the country in offense and like 150th in defense. So uh, you you can win a couple of games of offense, but you say defense wins championships and we couldn't even beat Alabama. John Petty, uh, Alabama sharpshooter rained down on us and they set the single game record for three pointers made with 23 uh, the three-point percentage, Alabama was 54%. LSU was 19, so just ice cold. Uh, they, they put a lid on the bucket. And then meanwhile, LSU just seemed like every time they would get down the court, they would chuck it up, clank it, and Alabama would come down, and then LSU would just look so depressed that they had missed that they didn't want to play defense, and then Alabama would put up another basket and just kept going and going like that. And then I was hoping to see some bounce back in the Kentucky game, like a little bit of motivation, like, all right, uh, we got blown back in this one. It was time for a wake-up call. Let's actually get a big win over Kentucky. And then kind of the same thing happened. It wasn't as bad, but the offense just couldn't get it together. I don't know what's what's going on. Cam Thomas has been scoring, but not as effectively as at the early parts of the season. Now he's like forcing shots even more than he used to, and he can't get to the free throw line, which is where he kind of makes his money. Uh, hopefully not literally, but uh, yeah, they'll need to pick it up, especially since they're they're playing Texas Tech, who's a top ten team here this week. 
And you can go from, they were like a, a five seed in the tournament a couple of weeks ago. And now they're projected, I think a nine uh, is to kind of one of the last like couple teams in. Mm-hmm. So LSU basketball need to, to do some work. A win against Texas tech would do a lot for them. Though. Yeah, for sure. Cause we got, we got Texas A&M uh, tomorrow, which uh, they may have already played by the time this is, is out, but yeah, so that'll be good against a lesser opponent to get kind of the wheels turning again. And then a big matchup against Texas tech would be uh, a step back in the right direction. Well, it's funny you mentioned a lesser opponent because, like, it was it was almost an upset when LSU beat Texas A&M earlier. You know, they're earlier in the season because uh, I don't think A&M's even ranked now, but uh, Texas Texas they're they're currently sitting at number ten, so that would be a huge undertaking. Uh, but yeah, like they have they have to start off tomorrow uh, against Texas A&M, though. And then after that, it does not get any easier. This is probably the toughest, maybe one of the toughest stretches in the country. They got Texas Tech, Alabama. Florida, Mississippi State, which is, you know, not really that big of a deal. But then they got Tennessee coming into town after that. So, I don't know. Tommy, uh, are you uh, – do you, do you trust in Wade as much as you might trust in O? Or is it, uh, you know, is it – do you think it's maybe, uh, like I was saying with, with Daniel, a little bit of a getting exposed here? You know, in some ways, I kind of – I don't – I do trust Wade. I don't know what it is about him. I just – I think he's kind of – you know, he's kind of slippery, and he feels like he's going to get – Yeah, he's going to get – he's going to get the job done, uh, I guess. I don't know. But I I, th- I do think that we, we've lived off of Cam Thomas this year. When he scores and he, and, and he has great games and we win and we win big and we look like the best team ever. But Daniel said it. You know, he's been down past couple days. Um like he had a good game he had a good game against what was this against kentucky yeah he played better against kentucky um but again but it wasn't like he was setting the world on fire and i mean he's still taking a ton of shots that uh that just clang yeah it's kind of like what way just giving him the green light yeah maybe exercises is that option a little bit too much well he wears two four and they say that's 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 for kobe and right. uh, you know it's kind of the same thing. It's like when when Kobe was on and, and he was the best ever, and and no one could beat him. But then if he wasn't on, he wasn't going to give up the ball just because he wasn't having a good night. <laughs> so, no. No. Um, I, I don't know. I think we'll see. Um, I hope we can get it back on track and win a little bit. But uh, yeah, if we win against A and M, maybe play play close against uh, against Texas Tech, or hopefully win, then. Uh, That'd be good. That'd be real good for us. But uh, if we don't start just, just you know, putting four people out there who can just hold their hands up, <laughs> you know, that's all we really need. <laughs> we don't even need some sort of hard, hard, uh, you know, Duke slap the floor type defense. We just need, you know, a couple, couple warm bodies out there. <laughs> yeah, and so there's ten games left in the regular season, and we're ten and four right now. I think if we go six and four in those last ten, then we're pretty much in the tournament. Five and five is a little bit iffy, and then if we finish with a losing record there, uh, then it looks to be out. So, I mean, there's there's five, definitely five winnable games there: Texas A&M, Mississippi State, uh, Georgia. We've already beaten Arkansas. We've already beaten Vanderbilt. So it can be done. Uh, but so they'll just need to kind of put it all together, and then we'll be okay. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's they're asking Will Wade about this, obviously, because like, you know, as a coach, like, how can you allow a team to just keep hitting threes? And it's just, uh, I think, and to some degree, you would adjust. But he, he, you know, he he accepted that loss, which he as he should, 
but you know, kind of like with uh, Coach O earlier this season, it's like, you know what? It's great. I appreciate that you can, you can take these losses and put the blame on yourself. But it's like, well, well what are you going to do about it? Yeah, because you know? now it's too owning up to it is great. But you know, I I could be a coach that owns up to losses every day and just continues to lose and owns up to it. <laughs> I'd gladly, right, I'd gladly right. say, hey, it's my fault and, and make millions of dollars to say that and make no changes. Right. Yeah. You know, like if the Saints made me their offensive coordinator and for some reason next year it wasn't as great, yeah, I would say, you know what, that's on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know what, I've already gotten paid, so I'm yeah. good. But it, it's like it, the fact that they, it, it wasn't that Alabama was hot because they were. And it's like to some degree, you know, you can't stop that. But if guys are hitting threes from – like way downtown uncontested that is on you it's like how do you not have these guys i don't know i don't even know if he changed his defense at all maybe he could maybe he's like you know what we're, we're just we're in the tank on this one well, that, that Alabama game was over in the first four minutes not even joking <laughs> like daniel did, would you agree when we were watching i remember being like yeah it's over we were down by 30, 35 points in the first three minutes or something. Right. And I, I was excited for that game too, because it was a chance to kind of prove something on ESPN national television. And then it just completely flopped at home. So I'm glad I, I didn't go in a 10. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, well, anyway, like I said, I mean, there's time to turn around. Maybe they can find something, you know, before tournament time, maybe get some momentum, but uh, definitely got to turn that around. Um but other than that, uh, oh, yeah. So how about these NFL playoffs? Because if anyone would have told you last year, hey, uh, Tom Brady's not going to be with the Patriots. He's going to be with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are going to make the Super Bowl, and the Patriots are not. Uh, you'd have thought, wow, that's just crazy. But here we are. <laughs> and uh, he definitely had uh, some good assisting cast. Um, Leonard Fournette. Had a heck of a run. Uh, just I, I wouldn't say that run kind of put it away, but it kind of I don't know, kind of helped give him some momentum. And uh, you know, Devin White on the defensive end almost taking a fumble return back for a touchdown. That was pretty awesome. Uh, so there's that. And then you know, you look at the uh, the the FC game where you had two Tiger running backs score touchdowns. So basically, the only running touchdowns scored this weekend were by LSU Tigers. Huh. Yeah, did that's that, gonna be, did that earn like an RBU moniker? Yeah, it's going to be some great like promotional material for recruiting. At least I would hope they would, would kind of so. capitalize on that. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, mean, there's I mean, when when Coach O's on the when he's on the trail this this week, next week, and Super Bowl, you know, week after the Super Bowl, if he's not saying, "Hey, do you do you watch Super? Did you watch Super Bowl? I, I hope so, since you play football, <laughs> since you want to play Division One football." Well, we have uh, three players that start on either side. Yeah, and LSU has six total players in the Super Bowl, which is more than any other college. And so that's just a perfect stat right there of the, the NFL LSU product. Don't all of them start, too? All except for Kevin Mentor. who no, had, Kevin Mark, he starts on special teams. He's on kickoff team. I guess if you call that a starter, but yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. special teams are special, Daniel. Yeah, they are. And you know who wasn't he on made that? It, he made a really good tackle um, at, the end of that, at the end of that game. And to I be honest, or to be fair, uh, like who, who is – he would he gave up his starting spot to to the best linebacker in the in the nfl exactly thank you yeah devin Man, white Who? devin white is looking like an absolute stud 
Could you imagine him as a running back though? Like, cause that's what he played in high school. Also, like he, he, he was coming in as a running back. Didn't he? He was recruited as a running back. Supposedly he desperately wanted to play running back, but he just happened to be in there with Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, Clyde, Nick Brissett, you know, all these incredibly talented running backs. So he, he just couldn't even, uh, you know, couldn't yeah, even he couldn't even crack. Hey, but of course, he had to settle for being the best linebacker in the country, and then best linebacker I think in the NFL now. So, you know, sucks for him. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, also, Tulane has more players in the Super Bowl than Alabama and Ohio State have combined. Just want to point that out. Wow. Well, I know Alabama has zero. I think Alabama's got one, and Ohio State has zero. No, I'm pretty sure Alabama did not have any players. Well, at least the 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 stats, the stat that I saw, the the graphic. Um, I know Clemson had four; they were right behind us. Uh, but I, I didn't think Alabama had any, unless unless the uh, unless the the rantings I saw were wrong. But anyway, um, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, one player or zero doesn't matter. Uh, but that's a good representation. You know, NFLSU carries on. And I think that is probably what a coach O can say, you know, whether or not, you know, it's a running back thing. Uh, our guys play, our guys play in the NFL and they flourish. Um, I, I, I haven't, I haven't looked up the stat. I wanted to look up the stat before we went on air, but uh, there's gotta be some stat of like how many of ever, the, you know, the past, whatever Super Bowls where an LSU player was like, was on the roster. We've, we've probably got to have the best streak going other than, you know, other compared to other teams right so I'd say it's last year last year tired matthew the year before jalen mills wait no the year before was this patriots is there an lsu Patriot. play on the patriots there was oh brissette uh, was on there right i don't think he was on that he wasn't on that point no but they, he, had, yeah, he uh, but they had uh they either had a michael michael brockers and andrew whitworth were on the rams that year that's true Super Bowl. So that should be a good one. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, uh, I'll be honest. I used to think uh, uh, this whole Tom Brady is the best ever. I might be overrated. But the fact that he left his team and now he's taken Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not worse to first, but it's close, right? Because yeah. the, the Buccaneers had a, they had, a, they had a losing. They were last in the division anyway. Uh, and then they won three straight road games in the playoffs to to make it there. So, I don't know. I might be. Uh, I might be edging towards. You know, Brady's the best ever. Um, goat. goat, exactly. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, I just. I'll just be happy for a good game. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. There's, there's only going to be like twenty, twenty-five thousand people, but it is the first home game of a Super Bowl contender, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Right? Yeah, I thought the Saints might have had that a few years ago, but they didn't make it. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that does anything because ticket prices are like 10 grand a pop. Yeah. That's, that's just it's crazy. the Super Bowl these days. It's all a corporate event, basically. Yeah. They say that it's just companies, NFL people, and clients of companies. Right. You mean like the people that go there? It's like corporate events. And it's like, yeah, it's big companies buy the tickets and then they take their clients with them. And then like NFL people, like, you know, inside insider type people, agents, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, it's okay. not, it's well, not where the real fans are. No, not at all. That's, that's in the, uh, the playoff games. 
But I think that will about do it for us here on Talking Tigs, unless uh, unless you guys had any uh, any final thoughts you wanted to put out there. No. So be it. You guys are saving it for next week, and that's fine. Uh, so until then, I'm pretty sure we can finalize LSU's defensive coordinator next week for you, unless something unforeseen happens in the next 24 hours. But uh, you know we'll. We'll have that for you. Any other recruiting news? Hopefully, some good LSU basketball news to report, and uh, you know maybe some other news for baseball as that inches towards uh, starting. And you know, who couldn't all love some baseball at the box? So uh, tune in next week, and we'll have some stuff for you. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tips. <laughs>